The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio, Radio. 630 Chad. It's another low point in a lost season for the Edmonton Oilers. Tonight, they do virtually nothing in the first period, fall behind the New York Rangers, and wind up losing 3-2. Third loss in a row for the Oilers. McDavid gets a goal and an assist. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores in his return to the lineup after missing 18 games with cracked ribs. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 11:28. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We want to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063. Well, Rob, we'll start at the beginning. Well, though certainly late in the game, the Oilers didn't execute some opportunities well enough either. But that, I mean, it was just, there's no other way to put it. It was a terrible first period by the Oilers. A, they only have six shots on goal against the team that has given up more shots per game than anybody else in the NHL with a, their third-string goalie in net. And B, Rob, I, I thought complete disorganization in their own end. Oilers were getting outnumbered. Two guys going to check, one guy. Somebody else comes open, not coming back down low enough on the back check. And the Rangers scored on their first shot and, quite frankly, probably should have been up by more than one after one. Uh, they should have. They they should have extended it there. Talbot made a couple big saves. Uh, the the defensive desire, and that's the one thing that you, you fear late in a hockey season when there's really not a whole lot to play for standings-wise. Uh, you know, the willingness to, to be in the right spot defensively, being on, being below the player with the puck, uh, getting in shooting lanes, back-checking hard. Those are the things that uh, you wonder if the effort level is going to be like it would be had this season gone the right way. And what you saw in the first 20 minutes, it wasn't there. Uh, the Oilers would have players in, they'd have numbers back, yet they would turn away from checks. They would... Uh, hope that a puck would bounce over a stick. They get an odd man rush the other way, but when it didn't, all of a sudden it was an odd man rush against you. The first goal is a perfect example. Uh, the Oilers were outnumbered. Chris Russell, who was up high taking his man, had to chase the guy back because it was actually almost a three-on-one, and there was no forward support down low as Darnell Nurse was standing by himself trying to ward off three guys and wasn't able to. Another one in the first period, Milan Lucic coming back, and it was a three-on-three, and he turns away from his check, and it turns into a two-on-one. Uh, those are things that, I mean, had the Oilers been playing against uh, a good team, like a team that's near the top of the standings, someone in the playoffs, it could have been 4 nothing in the first period. Uh, the Oilers eventually pushed back, but again, we've seen it time and time again. You can't fall behind in the National Hockey League and then hope a perfect game follows because you find yourself on the losing end too often. The Oilers fell behind 3-1 in the second period. Nugent Hopkins got a goal late in the second, so it's 3-2 going to the third. Edmonton out shooting the Rangers 15-4 in the third period. And you got to hand it to Alexander Georgiev, who gets his first career win tonight, but but the rebounds were there on him. <laughs> Clefbaum rang one off the post on an early power play, and then the Oilers get a power play with 2.27 left. And again, I mean, did nothing. Just were absolutely uh, incapable of generating anything and then took a too-many-men penalty. Well, yeah, and, and in that one, too, the, the, the Rangers, as you talked about before the game, they have one experienced defenseman in their lineup, and that's Stahl. And he's the one that gets the penalty. 
So now all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, you got a five on four, and I and I told you, right, I would have pulled the goalie right away. I would have went six on four right away because you had your best players on the ice. So if if you pull them a minute into a power play or something along those lines, your best players, McDavid and, and Drysdale, are sitting on the bench. You don't take advantage of them. But anyways, you got uh, you're going against inexperienced defensemen. You got the power play on home ice. You've had the play going everything your way, and they just got a little too cute, a little too fancy. And you didn't, as you said, there was rebounds everywhere. Throw everything at the net. The one great chance they had was a cleft bomb shot that rang off the post. But I, the Oilers never got second and third opportunities against a goaltender who, to me, was blocking pucks today. He wasn't saving them. He was blocking them. And he did blocked enough. He blocked, ended up blocking 35 of them. But there were chances in front uh, and everything. And then, the, it's, I don't know if... It, the word's inexcusable, but you're down a goal late in a hockey game on a power play. You can't have too many men on the ice. Yep. And confusion on the bench. Uh, I don't know if the guys didn't talk on the bench, decide who had who coming off the ice. You should know. You always, As soon as the coach tells you who's up next, you turn to your line mate and say, I've got McDavid. I've got Dreisaitl. Well, somebody had nobody because they had too many guys out there for a while. And the Rangers were going crazy. We're up in the press box. You could hear them yell yep. from up here. And at that point, you're like, what else could go wrong for the Edmonton Oilers? Well, it's like there's a list of things that have cost the Oilers this season. And they may not all come into effect every loss, but you can kind of pick off the list. So what was it today? Early goal against. They're behind the entire game. They lost the special teams battle. The Rangers go 1 for 3 on the power play. The Oilers go 0 for 2. Self-inflicted wound. Talbot shooting the mm-hmm. puck into the stands when, when he had it under control. Like you said, maybe it flipped up but uh, but it still happened. Uh, so all those types of things. You know, the, then the too many men penalty. Another self-inflicted wound. So all the sort of uh, variables, maybe not all of them that have been problems this season, but still a fair number off that list uh, boot the Oilers again. Well, and, and that's the thing that's disappointing as a fan and as for the coaching staff. Things that crept into the Oilers game early that got them behind the eight ball in the standings are the same things that are hurting right now. I mean, you don't want to pick on a Milan Lucic, but the behind-the-back passes. He, he'll get the puck and throw blind backhand passes into areas. And there's just nothing there. Milan Lucic is a big, strong man. And he can absorb any, any player in the National Hockey. He could absorb a hit from them to make a play. And if Milan just takes that extra second to look to see where the right play is, he may get hit, but it, he'll take the hit to make the pass. Instead, he's throwing blind ones and the play's dying. And you can't have the play die on your stick when you're playing with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl because they're the ones that are going to make the magic happen. So play, plays like that, the, you know, the, 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 the misplays in the defensive zone. There was, in the third period, the Oilers are uh, down a goal. Uh, the, the Rangers have a bit of a forecheck going, and then all of a sudden it comes, was it Zabinadad? Zabinadad. He was in front of the net, and he's by himself. Yep. He actually, he had so much time, he messed himself up. So there's no way that... Well, that was Spooner that oh, had that Was chance. that Spooner? Okay, Spooner, Spooner, yeah. Spooner standing in front of him, the net by himself for... He had three seconds. And, you, you, I mean, you're down a goal. You can't give that up. And that's just uh, defensive coverage blown. Yeah. And that's another thing we've seen too much. And that had gotten out of the Oilers game and has now crept back into it. And that's what's... It's killing them. Uh, and when you play good teams, good teams take advantage of those mistakes. And the New York Rangers, who are a team that is rebuilding, and they've admitted the rebuild, they've blown it up, uh, they're six points ahead of the Oilers. Yeah, and they, they come Pardon in here. Pardon me, eight. They're eight, eight points ahead of the Oilers. And they've now. admitted the a rebuild. The team that's given up. And yep. they come in here and... I mean, I'm not saying the players have no, given up. No, 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 the, the management. The direction for yes, management, and, yeah. And, and, but the, the, the bottom line was, for the first 
45 to 50 minutes of this hockey game, the New York Rangers worked harder than the Edmonton Oilers, and that's why they and had were the smarter. Yep. Like you said, like the Oilers cheating for offense, not checking, mm-hmm. and that, and that's that's what I find really discouraging is that Todd McClellan and his coaching staff came in here and gave us a lot of great terminology and great images. Play over top of the mm-hmm. puck, get inside the other guy's equipment. You know, be hard, be hard and heavy on the puck. Even if you're not a big man, you can position yourself and. They made strides and did it very well last year, and now it's like they've forgotten it. They're going to have to be taught it or at least show more interest in doing it at some point. Well, a lot of the things that they talk about and a lot of the things that successful teams do, it's not easy winning hockey games, and it's hard work, and it hurts. And the best teams at the end of the night, they're physically spent because, you. I mean, you have to be an all the right shooting lanes. you got to be the first guy back. You always have to be on the defensive side in your own zone. They're all little things, but the little things add up to be uh, to be big and to become to, for the teams to become successful. And sometimes, and it looked like it through the first 25 minutes of the game, 30 minutes of the game, the Oilers wanted to win this easy. And you can't win any easy in the National Hockey League. There's no... Uh, there used to be, when I played, there would be teams that y- you could show up and play 50% and win mm-hmm. hockey games. But with the salary cap area, you can't do that anymore. We're going to see that again. Arizona, who I believe still last in the National Hockey League overall standings, they're beating teams now because they just outwork them. So there's there's no easy games. There's no games that you could feel your way into. And at the end of the night, ah, you know, I didn't have my best, but, you know, we're talented enough to beat them. And what we've seen this year, the Oilers are not talented enough to come and play at 50, 60, 70% and have success. Yeah, because when they're getting chances, they're not, they don't finish enough. We nope. saw that against Nashville, and we saw, it t- we saw it tonight in the third. So you have to generate more throughout the course of the game. And, and you know, Kelly Rudy, I have him on my show every week. He said that same thing when he joined that powerhouse Islanders team. Mm-hmm. He said there were nights, okay, 5-5 five, five after 3, we'll go out and win 9-6, yeah. you, you yep. know, or, or whatever, because you could turn it on for 20 You were minutes. that much better than the other yeah, team. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen, and, and it seems like the Oilers expect that to happen. 3-2, the Rangers win. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Our buddy Logan is our first caller tonight. Logan, thanks a lot for calling. Yeah, I appreciate it, Reid. Um, I have a comment for you guys. Um, that was a bad first period by the Oilers. No offense, no cross uh, for checking, good start to the second period. Then they give up the bad goals. What, any better than third two bad? They couldn't not tie it up, and they had their chances. Do you guys comment on that? Well, definitely the the first period we talked about uh, was awful. I mean, the second period, you know, okay, okay. Like at times they 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 played better, but but often as as that, there's another thing off the list. Bad things happening in succession. Two goals a minute, sixteen. So you give up the power play goal, and then you give up another one, another one right away, and then you're down two. And instead of one, I mean, we've talked about this all year long. Little moments where, oh, if they only would have been that, they would have been tied going to the third instead of behind. But you know, again, it just keeps yeah. resurfacing. But I mean, the other teams are saying the exact same thing. Yeah, if we sure. would have, if we would have capitalized on this, we would have extended the lead. Well, oh, sure, yeah. but when, but the orders, but, you know, when they've lost thirty-four <laughs> instead of one thirty-four. Right, but to me, uh, it, it comes down to a couple things: work ethic, and the Rangers had a better work ethic in tonight's game. Um, execution, and the the Rangers executed better, and then details, and. I, I believe that the the Rangers were a better detailed team tonight than the Edmonton Oilers, and then you got the commitment. There was a, a, a about I don't know four minutes to go in the game. 
the Oilers had a little bit of pressure in front of the net, and one of the Rangers, he's on his knees. He made three saves himself. He's like kick-saving the puck out. It's that willingness to do whatever it takes to win a hockey game, and that's what the, the Rangers did tonight. So uh, the Oilers probably, honestly, I don't even know. I was going to say the Oilers are probably a more skilled team. The Oilers have the top two players in this hockey game, but if you go through the whole balance, I'm not sure they are a more skilled team than the New York Rangers. They are maybe on the back end, but up front, New York's got some pretty good players up front. And uh, tonight, when they had the opportunities in the offensive zone, they capitalized. 3-2, the Rangers win it. You'll hear from Todd McClellan in two minutes. Gary, TW, and Bob next in the batting order on the phone lines. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. 3-2, the Rangers beat the Oilers tonight. Connor McDavid had a goal and an assist. He's the first star. Alexander Georgiev, Rangers goaltender, first career win. Second star, Mika Zibanejad, third star, fourth star of the game for Missioner Lawn Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. You know what? I'm going to be a bit of a softy here and uh, give it to Ethan Bear. You know what? I was going to say that too. I thought he was very good. And what he looked tonight was more confident. Uh, he, he became aggressive. He took the puck to the net. He's got a bomb of a shot. And uh, I think each time you see him play, you're going to see a little bit more of what he's capable of doing. But tonight, yeah, I, the, the first game was a tough one. And not all on him, but tough playing a good hockey club. First game in the National Hockey League, some things went wrong for him. But tonight, I don't remember a time where I thought, ooh, you know, he's a little in over his head. Right. And, and again, it's just it's a small sample size. But you saw the offensive awareness that he had tonight and the fact that Todd threw him out there in crucial situations. And he, he he's... Uh, found success at it. He, he did what he needed to do, and it, with the bomb that he has, eventually that puck's going to find the back of the net. Oilers lose 3-2. Let's go downstairs for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. We didn't, uh, we didn't engage at all in the first period. We weren't interested in, in physically being involved in the game. Winning races um, playing on the inside, even stick bottles, 50-50 stick bottles. We weren't interested in that. And, uh, they had their way and, and slowly got into it as the game went on, but too late. When do you see that as the coach? Uh, I mean, what do you do to get them going in the direction you need them to go? Well, we're barking. We're trying to change shift length up. We're trying to change a match. We're trying to do different things. But we're, uh, you know, we were second shift into the game already and they had scored again, so... Uh, we had half a team that hadn't even touched the ice. It's, it's, you know, there's not much you can do that early in the game. The, uh, the too many men at the end, if you can just describe. I remember Everybody is, there's a line assigned, and there's one individual player that gets assigned the position for the goaltender. And that individual left, obviously, light years before he should have. And did it... Uh, it seemed like maybe you were disjointed in that in that moment. With no, we had a line. We had a line that replaced the line, and we had one extra guy jump on the ice, and the goaltender was still in the crease. Yeah. And that individual clearly knew who was going for the goalie. Yeah. So there's no disjointed there. Sorry, I wasn't suggesting that you guys were disjointed on the bench. I meant when you had the power play and you were looking for the tying goal. You just, I mean, it just seems like you couldn't get the puck down ice and where. No, we were. We couldn't enter the zone. They did a good job of just stacking the lineup. And uh, we had it in there, and we just couldn't keep uh, keep it alive. I think Leon stepped on the puck 
or uh, stumbled in the corner and, and they cleared it and that ate up a good 30, 40 seconds of it. So the, the earlier power play was the better one for us. We had chances hit the post. Um, and then this one, obviously, we cut short through stupidity. I don't know if the first, you know, showing up late or not playing the first period has to do with a team that's that's just not in the race and not playing important games. How do you get this team to, to focus down and button down? You've got 70 games to play here. We've got to keep, uh, we've got to harp on things. We've got to keep them in, uh, you know, push them. Um, you know, we can wave the magic wand, we can pound on the desk, we can do all we want. They have to accept some individual responsibility about being ready to play and being ready to go. And, and um, there's not enough of them right now. Now, I will say, as Ryan mentioned, we, we have had some good starts. We've had, we have had some, uh, some good runs um, over the last two weeks. I was, I was happy with the way we played and the way we responded. Um, you know, there's been moments in the game where it got away on us, but <coughs> tonight's start was unacceptable. So what happens when you're playing against a goalie like this who is hardly ever played? Are your, are your players not thinking, okay, so we got lucky tonight, and Lenko's not playing, we got this guy that hardly ever plays, so we're going to jump all over this guy. Is that what you're thinking? As a Well, that's, that's what the plan is, but obviously that didn't come to fruition, and, and their goaltender actually made some tremendous saves. So uh, the fact that somebody hasn't played a lot doesn't mean that the goaltender is any, isn't any good. Um, you know, he came in with a 215, 218, or pardon me, a 918 save percentage, and... Uh, and played a good game so that part of it I see how you're asking it that should be motivation to go out and, and, and go get a goaltender that doesn't have a lot of experience uh, we didn't necessarily point to that we pointed to a young group of defensemen that didn't have a lot of experience and, and they got after RD uh, early in the game below the goal line way better than we got after theirs now we got going later on in the game but we uh, threw away too many minutes Oh, he's, he's played, um, you know, again, the, the, the game sheet isn't going to tell you the true story about his ability and skill and, and what he did. But um, uh, I saw him in the offensive zone, definitely dangerous. He pump faked a lot. He created uh, shooting opportunities for himself and, and rebounds for others. Uh, it's a positive sign so far for him being up here. Nooch was, uh, you know, he got us a goal. It's hard to come back. Um, after an injury late uh, in, in the season, any time in the season. But as I said this morning, his injury has prevented him from being um, real, real active like you normally would when you're, uh, when you're injured. So it's going to take him a little time. I thought he managed himself well. He, he didn't overextend his shifts, and, and he was effective. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Rangers. The return of Nuge, our adjustment of the game tonight for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And our adjustment going forward, as uh, Todd mentioned, will have to be players finding some sort of personal motivation to be much better off the opening face-off. Well, I, I think the, the one motivation will be not to be embarrassed. I mean, tonight's a game that, and, and, I mean, you and I talked about, we talked with Bob and Jack, and the fact that this is a game we thought the Oilers were going to dominate. They were going to score five, six, seven. I thought we were going to get the, 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 the light on tonight for, for Japanese Village. I mean, I, this was a game I thought there was going to be a ton of goals, and, and they ended up losing to a New York team that is thrown in the towel. 
that, uh, I mean, I honestly, I'm, I'm a huge hockey fan, and I love stats, and I love th- I had to look up five or six players on the Rangers tonight because I'd never heard of them before. And they got a goaltender that I can't even pronounce his name, and I've been reading it all night long. So it, it's, and the others came out and lost on home ice to this team. So to me, from now until the, the end of the season, the, the, the motivation is not to be embarrassed. And I'm not saying that, that they should be embarrassed by this effort, but the Oilers are better than what they put forth tonight. And there's still, what, 18 games left in the season? 17. 17 no. games left in the season. They need a better effort going forward than they had tonight. Yeah, no Japanese Village goal light. We do turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, TW is on the line. TW, how are you? Yeah, T.W.'s horrible. I just, I'm down in Texas, and around you couldn't have said it better. A lot of things don't take talent. Effort doesn't take talent. Showing up to the puck and using your body doesn't take talent. I just think the, the owners didn't compete. And, and the worst thing that you can say about an athlete is, A, he didn't compete, or B, he quit. The Warriors, excuse me, the uh, Oilers haven't been competitive for three straight games now. Uh, I don't know how many times you got to replace the head coach. Uh, I think this team was a lot better with Darrell Hall. I just, I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, at least I can get, I can get in my car and drive around and not, don't have to uh, watch the game. I can listen to stop, stop near Michael. I just, no effort, no con- no All right, I think we're losing you. I think we're losing you, T.W. We don't have a great connection there, but obviously, yeah, I mean, this wasn't a, a good effort for Edmonton. Really poor first period. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's physical effort, and I also think it's uh, intellectual effort. Well, yeah. Because, yeah. like you said, they're, they're cheating. They're, they, they know what the job is. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, oh, maybe I get a two-on-one if I do this. Yeah, and, and we talked about this about you know five, seven games ago, that that's the one fear going down the stretch in games that don't mean anything, that it, the play with the puck will probably be a little stronger than the play without the puck. And unfortunately, you don't usually find the the winner, winner's circle after a hockey game when you play that way. So uh, there are, I mean... There are players on this team that are playing for, for new contracts. There's players that want to be here. There's going to be moves in the offseason. So I think what you how the players play the remainder of the season will show the management of what what players are part of the solution and which players are part of the problem. 3-2 Rangers take it. 780-496-0063. We have Bob on the line. Hey, Bob, thanks for calling. Bob, do we have you? Patrick, I don't know if he's there, but we can't uh, we can't hear him. While we're trying to connect there, let's go downstairs to the Rangers dressing room. Their head coach, Alan Vigno, for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Elena, everything that happened, especially in the third period, what did you like the most? Goalie made some big saves, and, uh, you know, our group found a way to win. Uh, uh, it was back-to-back. It was three and four. Uh, got in late last night. Um, so, uh, you know, we uh, hung on there a little bit, but I, I really liked the way we played. We came out, had good energy. That first goal gave us uh, even more energy. Played a strong first, uh, had some real good looks in the second. 
Uh, obviously, the, you know, their top players are top end players and they're going to get some looks and we hung on there, but Goalie uh, made a couple of big saves. Your fourth line was very effective tonight, contributed a goal, had some, uh, a good amount of ice time. What did you like so much? What stood out on them? I mean, the, you know, they played well. They got in on the forecheck. When they had the puck, they made a couple of plays. This is probably uh, Cody's uh, best game with us uh, so far. So uh, real positive. Uh, now we'll uh, head back home and get ready for the next game. What does it say about this group when uh, people count them out after those two big tournaments and they just find ways to win? I mean, we're focusing on hockey and focusing on uh, doing our jobs here and, uh, you know, getting ready one game at a time. Uh, that's what we did uh, on this trip here, and then we're going to go back home and get ready for Winnipeg. That said, A.B., I asked you before the game and a couple of the players talked about it after the game, the fact that you are now three points out of the playoff spot. Do you allow yourself to believe you're part of the mix now with yeah, 16 left? You know what? I'm going to make sure that uh, you know, we get back home uh, tonight late, that we re-energize tomorrow, have a good practice, and focus on Winnipeg. That's what we have to do. we got to concentrate on the next opponent, and uh, that's what we're going to focus on. Rangers Good. have won three straight, beating Vancouver, Calgary, and now Edmonton 3-2 tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown inside Rogers Place. All right, let's go to Dave on the open line. Dave, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys. Good show. I just My only point is uh, this team, you can never take a night off, and I chuckled at the beginning of the show because, you know, Bob and Rob were saying that, you know, McDavid five points, Blue Chiefs three goals. It's <laughs> like... It's, it's frustrating, these guys. I don't know if it's just give up on these guys, but uh, uh, I feel sorry for McDavid because that guy goes out there and he puts out the effort. But uh, some of these guys are, I personally think that uh, Lucic will be bought out. I think he should be bought out, but that's my opinion. But great show, guys. Okay, you're going to finish the play, Dave. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Off the draw, McDavid back to Kleppbaum. Slapper off the post and a big hop and swatted down alertly by Brady Shea. Otherwise, that might have reverse pivoted off the ice and in. That had some real English on it. Power play crossbar for Oscar Kleppbaum early in the third. Dave, for finish the play, where is the Oilers power play ranked in the NHL? Last. Absolutely, buddy. You're the winner. Hang on the line. Kellen's uh, t- will take down your information for the prize. Yeah, yeah, the specialty teams, uh, again, not good for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. And again, their specialty teams could have won them a hockey game. Could have got them at least a point into overtime, and you got to like the Oilers' chances when they get into overtime. Two power plays in the last, what, 10, 11 minutes of the, of the game, and uh, just didn't capitalize. And this is not a, a Ranger team that uh, they can throw out. You know, the, the, the defense that they used to be able to throw. You go to Tampa to see them now, but uh, they the Oilers did not take advantage on the power play. They did not take advantage 5-on-5 five five against a team that was pretty beat up on the back end. So Dave wins, finished the play. Fred won face-off trivia. He gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery from Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. He knew that Al Montoya was the current oiler Picked sixth overall by the New York Rangers oh, in 2000. I heard you do that, I, I, and I didn't get that one right. I heard you talk on the pregame show, and I guessed a different player. Who'd you guess? I'm not going to guess because now it sounds really stupid. All right, fair enough. All right, we got more time for your calls. we got to do a, a, a midnight news here, though. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Rangers. They have lost three straight. Uh, it's a grim stretch here, 17 to go before the end of the season. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. 
Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Chair. The Edmonton Oilers lose again. 3-2 to the New York Rangers. Good morning. It's four minutes after midnight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Looking at the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. The U of A Golden Bears win Canada West, sweeping Saskatchewan in the best-of-three final at Claire Drake Arena. 5-1, a win in Game 2 in the NHL. It was the Penguins beating the Islanders 3-2 in overtime. Sidney Crosby got the game winner in that one. Capitals beat the Maple Leafs 5-2 in the outdoor game. Coyotes knock off the Senators 2-1 in overtime. It was the Boston Bruins beating the Montreal Canadiens 2-1. They got a late tying goal from Jake DeBrusque and then uh, won it in OT. Blackhawks beat the Kings 5-3. Stars over the Blues 3-2 in overtime. Lightning 7, Flyers 6. That was a good hockey In a game. shootout. That was a good I saw a lot of the highlights from that. Goaltending wasn't a strength in that game today, but there were some, some really, really pretty goals. Okay. The, another player actually could be in the Hart Trophy um, talk this year is Claude Giroux, Philadelphia Flyers. He's got them in the playoffs. He's having a great season this year for Philadelphia. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Brennan onto the show. Hey, Brennan, thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, uh, I just wanted to kind of just touch on a point for me, just like, for me, it was kind of a game, you know, it wasn't the greatest game, and I think everyone's kind of getting ahead of themselves when, you know, we're talking about the whole year and everything's been kind of a fail, but for me, I just want to talk about just the little things that kind of frustrate me, like, in a game where there's a chance to tie the game, possibly a chance to even win this game, even though it wasn't a great game played, right? Yeah, so you're, you're right. The Oilers had good. They had chance. They had two power plays in the third period, down a goal. And I mean, the, the third period, the Rangers were hanging on. They they were with the yeah, shots right? fifteen four. So they, they yeah, they had opportunities. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it wasn't a great game, right? It was it wasn't a great game, but it's a hockey game. And the fact of the matter is, is we still had a chance to tie that game up. And so for me, the thing that really just kind of bothered me was, Strom was invisible all game. You know, like he did not have a good game. He was terrible. And we get a miracle penalty uh, call for uh, McDavid got for us um, with two and a half minutes left. And our first power play unit goes over the boards. And of all the centermen we have on our team, Strom he is, is the one taking the face off. He's taking the face off because it's on the right side. He's a right-handed. Guess, sh- so that's yep, why he's so taking the face off. When it goes to the other side, then Leon Dreisaitl takes it on the other side saying face-off tonight. Drysaddle did really well. McDavid did really well. I know the. I know that's what it is, but for me, that was a huge loss draw. And it just um, really sucked. I mean, but Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid had, uh, did, he had zero face-off wins tonight. He was terrible in face-offs. Nugent Hopkins was terrible in face-offs today. He was one in well, ten. Well, everybody was except Leon. Leon was the only guy, and then Ryan Strom was, was the second-best guy at six and ten. So that that's the way I understand why he did it. Uh, and a lot of the times the players talk about it, and Leon will say to Strom, you know what, you got this one or something along those lines. But uh, I had no problem with Strom being out there, and he's the guy that will take those face-offs because that's his strength. Brennan, we still got you? Yep, yep. Can you hear me? Yep, yep. yep. Keep going. 
sorry. I just thought for me it was one of those in-game decision kind of moments. Like, I get that's his, his place, and that's where he was supposed to be at the time. For me, it was just one of those things that where I wanted to see the coach kind of adapt in-game because I thought it was very clear to me that Strom was just not in this game. So why, if, if a guy's having a cold game and he's not, he's clearly having a bad game, he's not even involved in the game. And you're going to put him out there for such an important moment of the game. Well, and for me, that was just, it just kind of sucks. For me, I, I saw him coming out. I was like, really? He's had such a bad game. Like, see, I, and I just, I disagree with you. I didn't, I didn't think Strong, I didn't think Strom was bad. I thought early in the game, he was one of the few players that actually created. And then I, I think he'd be hard pressed to find. I mean, the only other way you go is if you put Nugent Hopkins out there with that group, but then you have absolutely zero one timing. And that's that's why Ryan Strom is on that power play because he's got a he's a right-handed shot, and then you can work it from both sides. The only other right-handed shot they have is Puliyarvi, and and talk about players who have been cold. He's been incredibly cold since he had a little run about a month and a half ago. So Ryan Strom's on their power play. He has the opportunity. He's he's played what's eight points in his last six games. He's been one of the the hottest Oilers over the last stretch of hockey games. So. To me, he's he's the easy guy to put out on the ice. I don't know who else you would put out ahead of him. Thanks, Brendan. We appreciate it. By the way, the scoreboard earlier presented by Advantage Trailer Rentals here at Rogers Place. The Oilers lose 3-2 to the Rangers. We'll go to Mike in a minute. Ryan Nugent Hopkins back in action after missing 18 games. His comments for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL Diesel in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Shift feeling. Um, yeah, it's good to get uh, back out there. Um, got my legs under me uh, after the first couple, but um, unfortunately, just not the start that we wanted. Second half of the game, I thought <clears throat> we played a lot better. Started to keep, honestly, we just kept things simple for the second half of the game and started to work out for us. So, I mean, uh, we got to look at that. And um, I mean, it's not tough to figure out. We just got to do it. Oh, rusty or not? Uh, I mean. It didn't feel like I was off for that long. Um, I was skating with the team for the past couple weeks, and so you kind of get the feeling, uh, feel back there. But um, had a couple hits uh, early in the game too, which kind of got my body used to it again, which is probably a good thing, and because um, that's something that no matter how hard you tell guys to hit you in practice, they're they're taking some off for sure. So uh, it's good to get out there and uh, feel the contact again and uh, get into the groove of it. You mentioned the start as a team. It just seemed like it took you guys a while to get in rhythm. What, is, was there any reason for that? Um, I think uh, we're just overcomplicating it a little bit. Um, they came hard. I mean, they're right now they're a young, fast team, and um, they came hard. I mean, uh, we got to find a way to keep it uh, more simple early. And um, like I said, uh, when we uh, when we start to keep it simple late in the game, chip pucks in, um, chip it by guys uh, in the neutral zone and stuff. That's when we start to have success. So. I can learn from that. Read that, Soren Nugent Hopkins. All right, thanks, Brendan. The Nuge with one of the Oilers' two goals tonight. $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. $25 every time the Oilers score this year. You can track the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can call us at 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Mike to Overtime Open Line. Hello, Mike. Hey, Reed, is it uh, me with you there, buddy? Is, pardon me? Hey, that first period, Reed, was one of the worst periods of hockey I think I've seen this year. Um, I don't know if these guys are mentally prepared to play games or what, but something needs to change. That was pretty bad. 
we're basically playing an AHL caliber team and we can't beat them. And really the only regular we're missing is uh, Larson tonight. Uh, I don't know. Something, something needs to give. If, if you're not going to change the general manager and you're not going to change the coach, I, I don't understand how this team gets better next year. I really don't. Uh, we're, we're giving up backdoor tap-ins a minute into the game. Like, I, 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 I do not get it, Reed. Well, the first period was was, her- was terrible. I, I mean, I don't think there, there will be changes. I, I, it's too early to guess what they're going to be, but I think uh, April 8th, 9th, and 10th, first three days after the end of the season, uh, will be interesting. I think, you know, Bob Nicholson's at the, the top of the rung there in terms of the decision-making, and I think he's looking at a lot, Rob, because I think on one hand he's saying to himself, all right, this team would fire the coach every year or two, would fire the general manager every two or three years and keep losing and keep losing. Yet at the end of the season, he's going to see a team that is likely 25th or worse in the in the National Hockey League. And, and the problem for, for, for Bob Nicholson and for you know, other fans is – they were so good last year, and the drop is so big this year. Yeah, uh, the expectations were high, and the expectations probably too high, but it's certainly they are way under the bar of anyone's expectations of what they could or should do this year. This is, uh, I, I mean, this the Oilers are should be a playoff hockey club. They should not be a team that is closer to Arizona at the bottom of the standings than they are to. Uh, you know the playoff cutoff line. So, Bob Nicholson, uh, I don't think he was gonna. He was planning on having the thought process that he's going to be having here over the next month. But he came in at one point and he he did an evaluation of the entire organization and changes were made. He's going to do an evaluation of the organization again. I don't know if there's going to be changes at the GM or coach or or, or what. But he is going to sit down and and try to figure out if the others have what they want and what they need to move forward and get back to where they were last year. Rangers win it 3-2. We'll get to Jesse on the phone lines in a couple of minutes here. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Kara drive by centering pass wide open in front and unable to stuff it home with Spooner. Talbot stayed with him, Bob, and never gave him a shot. Cam Talbot made some good saves tonight, but he got beat twice in a minute 16 in the second period. That was a big difference in the game. Rangers beat the Oilers 3-2. The save of the game brought to you by RV Wars massive spring clearance sale, March 8th through the 11th in West Edmonton. Visit rvwars.ca for details. 18 minutes after midnight, uh, late one tonight. Might have to get some of those uh, energy balls for booster juice. <laughs> I, I want I want to go try an energy ball now. Other than like having some energy balls. I think the Oilers should have had some energy hey, balls Rob, at the beginning well, of the game. Hey, Rob, why do you have so much? Why are you got so much pep tonight? I got, I have I energy, got, balls. I got energy balls. That's got us talking. That commercial's got us talking. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's bring Jesse onto the show. Hello, Jesse. Hey guys, thanks for my call. Yep. Um, a few years back when the uh, Oilers were in quite a bit, and they brought uh, Matt Hendricks into the mix. It kind of seemed like he, um, you know, brought a whole new level of accountability into the dressing room and uh, 
high level of compete and I don't know, I just don't see that ever since like this year, not a lot has changed from last year, but he's gone. I don't know, uh Rob, what's your thoughts on that? Like a guy like him, uh like I just in the dressing room, I just don't picture him uh allowing guys to be passengers and holding guys accountable like do you think they have somebody like that now or honestly i don't know um i know that the, some of the leaders that the oilers have are, are quiet leaders uh, just from being from afar watching like Connor mcdavid doesn't seem like the guy that's going to be v- real vocal or, or in the nuge isn't a, a real vocal guy uh you certainly need guys veteran leadership guys that aren't afraid to stand up and it's not easy standing up in front of a dressing room and calling people out holding guys accountable especially uh if things aren't going well for you i mean uh, milan lucic for for instance he's the guy that they talked about when he first came here he's going to be a leader in the dressing room but it's tough to get up and stand and hold other people accountable when you're going through a 28 29 game scoring streak so scoreless streak so it's i i don't know what the other's dressing room's like but i do know that having glue guys in your dressing room guys that uh bring the exact same effort every single time they step on the ice is important because those guys can stand up and hold you accountable because they're not the, they're not the stars but they give you the exact same effort and they give you the right effort each and every time they step on the ice and yeah a guy like matt Henderson. i mean that's why the winnipeg jets went and got matt henderson not because matt was going to go and score 15 goals for them or he was going to lead them in 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 shots or he's going to be a guy that's going to be an offense they brought him there simply for leadership they had a team that they needed to take over uh take a a, go over to the the, to the next level they had the, the talent they had the skill but they wanted someone that would hold everybody accountable hold the best players and hold the guys at the bottom of the rung and that's what matt's done and uh, I don't know who the guy is for the Oilers, but that's certainly something that teams look for, finding guys like that that can go in the dressing room and can stand up and be heard. It's an interesting debate surrounding Henricks because he played 42 games last year for the Oilers and zero playoff games, mm-hmm. though he often took the warm-up. I, I do believe he uh, was a, a veteran guy who always gave the same effort. I, I know a couple of Oilers have, players have told me this year that they just – they didn't manage the expectations well. They let some of the outside yep. noise get to them. I mean, Hendricks was a high-energy guy where maybe you walk into the dressing room, he's up for the game, all he's focused on is the game, mm-hmm. and that draws other people in. Having said that, if he were on the team and he was not playing or a bit part and they were doing poorly, there'd be questions as to why he was on the team. I think the biggest reason the Winnipeg Jets have turned around is goaltending. Oh, no, no, certainly Not, not yes. to detract anything from Matt Hendricks. And, and Hendricks, to me, is an interesting debate. Because I, I love the guy. Mm-hmm. I loved interviewing him. I, I, I loved his effort. Who, but who would you sooner have had for the past five years? Devin Dubnik or Matt Hendricks? Oh, That absolutely. was the trade. Yeah. As, as much as we talk about no, Hall, I agree, Hall, totally. for, Hall, for, Hall for Larson, Everly for Strom, Reinhardt trade, when you look at what Devin Dubnik has accomplished since that trade, <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is the worst trade of the decade of darkness. As much as I love Matt Hendricks, because they could have stuck with Devin Dubnik or given him a coach that would have maybe shown a little more faith in him and potentially had a top-five goaltender for the last four years. Yeah, oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that the reason that Winnipeg moved to where they are in the standings was because of oh, but Matt Henry, but, uh, but they were looking for, for, for veteran leadership. Sure. If, you ever, if you ever see a team that wins a Stanley Cup or has success and they've got bit players, third- and fourth-line guys whose contracts are up, other teams that want to take that step grab those players because they want that kind of uh, leadership in their dressing room to help guide them in the right direction. 
Oilers lose 3-2 to the Rangers. Lewinsky is on the line. Hi, Lewinsky. It's Bolinski. Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm calling from Calgary. A bunch of my friends and I, we watched the game from the bar, and we just can't believe that Shirelli is still around in the organization. For Calgary Flames fans, um, but we look at the trades these guys made, bad trades, and and we like <clears throat> wish the Oilers were more were in the playoff hunt. It makes it more exciting. We're not very happy with our Flames team either, with the coaching, with the management here either. But what does these Alberta teams have to do to get this thing on the ball again? They both have been awful. Oh uh, well, I, I, mean, I don't think the Cal- Flames are awful. I, mean, the- I think they're. The Calgary Flames are right there. I mean, the Calgary Flames, unfortunately for them, their their star goaltender's hurt, and and we've seen what goaltending, what good goaltending can do to a team, and what average goaltending can do. So, uh, the Calgary Flames are pushing. It, it's not easy making into the to the playoffs. The Calgary Flames, I think, are going in the right direction. They got some very good young hockey players. I love watching Johnny Goudreau play. He's the type of guy that I'd pay money to go watch at any time. Uh, I think. I think they've got some good young players. They got a good, pretty good defense. I think they've made good moves. Uh, they've found weaknesses in their lineup over the last couple of years, and they've gone out and got you know some pretty big name players to come in and fill that. Talking, you know, a Dougie Hamilton and a, and, and the the defenseman was it Hamilak from the Hamilton, Islands? Yeah. yeah. So so they, I think Calgary's getting better. The Edmonton Oilers, I think that they overestimated or. <laughs> or overvalued some of their players at the beginning of the season. Those players haven't lived up to what they were, their expectations were, and uh, they need to get faster. And I think that if Peter Shirelli's the guy going forward, I think Peter Shirelli has a, a thought of what this team needs to do to get better, and we're going to see uh, if he's able to do it. And it's not going to be easy. In a, in a cap era, you can't... You can, it's hard to fix mistakes that you make. Yep, that's you, a good point. You, you can't... Okay, this guy's not good enough. We'll just let him sit in the minors. Yeah, like we'll the, eat them. He just can't do that the, nowadays. The caller that suggested buying out Milan Lucic, never, that, that would never happen. No. That would never happen. He's got twenty. He's got $30 million left on his contract after this year. Yeah, right? Because he's got five more years yeah, at six. So you'd ha- you, and you'd be paying him not to play yeah. for twice the length of that. The cap, it would be a little less. But, but I, I, that would, it's it would not never, happen, never no. happen. No. 3-2, the Rangers win tonight. Time for a couple more calls here as we move along. Let's go back down to the Rangers dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The winning goaltender, first career win, Alexander Georgiev. I made a couple of great saves in the beginning too, so it was uh, gave me confidence from from the first first minute. The boys played really great too. Not not many shots in the first, and it's always always great. How is it to keep your rhythm when you're not playing every night, and you have to you have to know that you're going to go in on the second night of a back to back, and guys might be tired and stuff like that. Uh, it, it's not my first pro season, so I, I know that uh, how to how to play and prepare for any any game. Uh, you might get a chance and just preparing and waiting. But what was the third period like for you, from your vantage point with 15 shots faced, hucking your zone a lot? Uh, I, I didn't count the shots. Uh, just just tried to play my game and focus on on the next uh, next second. Uh, just just trying to be myself. And when the buzzer sounds and you get your first NHL win, describe that feeling. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you certainly look like it. Yeah, it it felt uh, unreal and something like a dream. Uh, amazing feeling, and I, I'll remember it for for my whole life. 
What did you guys do, especially in the first two periods, to keep things so different than what they were in the last couple games? Uh, the guys just uh, came up and uh, wanted to win real bad. We, we felt the confidence from the, the last two games and uh, just, I think, brought it into this game. All right, there's the winning goaltender. Was able to make enough saves tonight. 35 in total, Alexander Georgiev, as the Rangers knock off the Edmonton Oilers 3-2, faced 15 shots in the third period, stopped all of them to preserve the win. We'll get to Kent and Jared on the open line. It's 12:27. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Third loss in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. The Rangers take this one 3-2. They scored on their first shot 54 seconds into the game. 12th time this season the Oilers have allowed the first shot. Kreider got that one. McDavid tied it in the second. Zibanejad and Carey scored a minute 16 apart. Nugent Hopkins back in the lineup, pulled the Oilers within one with 3-12 left in the period. McDavid got an assist on that one as well. The Oilers with a lot of pressure in the third, but they could not tie it. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins in Rogers' place. Nightclub's going strong. We can hear it off to our left. Yeah, it, well, some dancing going on over there. Well, we can't really see it. We got to go there one night after. I've, I, I, whenever we get on the elevator, it's right beside the yeah, elevators. Right. I don't know if we can go in that door, oh, though. Yeah, you can. Oh, is it open? I've snuck You've in tried? there. I have. I've <laughs> gone in there before. Yeah. Oil Kings game tomorrow at 4. They're going to be playing uh, Regina. Oh, the Oilers uh, farm team tonight. Bakersfield 6-4 winners over the Stockton Heat. Okay, Kent is on the open line. Hello, Kent. Hey, uh, yeah, it's Kent, actually. I don't oh, know sorry. what the front office guy's doing there, but uh, uh, <laughs> just wanted to touch, uh, touch on a couple points here. Um, I believe people are not correct in the fact that they want to uh, uh, management positions changed. Um, the key here is for a draft pick to develop, like Bear. I would say he had a very solid game tonight. Um, uh, our our prospects have to swiftly develop to fill holes, and they're cheap, correct? And um, they just need to make an immediate impact, right? Um, you know, McDavid with comp, like good line mates, he would easily have 60-plus assists right now, um, you know? Well, I think you nailed it with draft picks, and, and we've been talking about that more recently when you see some teams like Florida or Tampa Bay come through here with depth players who are able to score 15, 20, 25 goals, and the Oilers a lot lately. It's been McDavid, Dreisaitl, and maybe one or two other guys getting on the score sheet, and, and that's the ironic thing. I, I don't know if Peter Shirelli's going to be back next year. You can clearly criticize him for a lot. The irony could be is when some of the guys he drafts help the team, if they pan out, he may not be the general manager. Anymore. Well, and that's the, the problem for a general manager. It's, it's all long-term whenever you draft players, but if you in the National Hockey League, if you've got big contracts, and you look around the league, Pittsburgh, they got Malkin and Crosby, Chicago, Kane and Taves, uh, and here in Pittsburgh, or excuse me, here in Edmonton, you got McDavid and Dreisaitl. If you have a big contracts to to be able to fit everything under the cap, you have to draft well, and your your draft players, drafted players, have to come up because the, on their entry level contracts, they you know you have them. That's where that's where you make hey. That's Pittsburgh's line mates. Every year he's got new line mates that no one's ever heard of before because they can't afford to go out and and get the five or six million dollar winger to play with them. 
because the salary cap doesn't allow you to do that. So in the salary cap era, if you've got superstars on your team that make the big money, and they always will, then you've got to be able to draft well, develop well, and your players have to come up through your system and play. You can't just continue to go into free agency and find players to play on your team because every time you go into free agency, you're overpaying. Yep. Every single time. So if you keep overpaying, eventually you're going to run out of money and you're going to run out of salary cap room. Yeah, I mean, look, we've we talked about with Tampa Bay Kucherov, heart candidate. Yeah, absolutely. If you're leading the league in scoring, second rounder, and even going back to Chicago, it's a long time ago now. Duncan Keith, don't forget, was a second round pick, fifty mm-hmm. fourth overall. So, and what was Seabrook? He was Seabrook was fourteenth overall. Was he? Oh, okay. Still, so still yeah. a first rounder. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, and we can talk about all the misses the Oilers have had. Now, Kara was a bit of a depth pick. He might mm-hmm. help. I don't think he's going to be a 25-goal no, scorer. He, but he's he, a, it he's, looks like he's finding a role. Yep. But you mentioned Pitlick. Pitlick, what did he score? 13, 13 goals. Today, yeah. I mean, he was a And a that was, that was one, pick. and, I, and I, I really wanted them to bring Pitlick back. And I know that he's had injury problems, but when he played last year, you know, he, he showed that he could play in the third and fourth line and he can contribute. And I watched the goal he scored today. He scored on a breakaway, an absolute beautiful shot. So he's going to be a depth player on the Dallas Stars. It's going to realistically has a chance at 17 goals playing as a third or fourth liner. And that's a guy that the Oilers developed, put a ton of uh, money and time into his development, and, and he ends up leaving and, and is having success with the Dallas Stars. Yep. Yeah, that, that's going to be. And. And it's, it's interesting because you, you know what it's like doing this show, Rob. Whenever a few people express one opinion, we always get someone. Yes. And this has happened a few times. And we've had callers criticize Shirelli. We've had somebody call in like Ken and say, well, let's let's be a little more patient uh, with the management. I, I do think, and, uh, you know, Shirelli's moves over the last year and a half have not have not panned out. But he was. But I do. We should acknowledge he wasn't coming into a strong organization no. with, with, with not a lot of depth lot, in the minor leagues. Of, no, with a lot of depth he had, in the minor he leagues. He had or, to make trades, or he had to go into the the free agent pool because the Oilers did not have uh, depth in their minor league system that they could bring players up and say, "All right, these guys are going to fill a role." So he had to. I mean, he he made his splash with Milan, and it has last year. Everyone's thinking, "All right, you know what." probably overpaid a little bit but look what he brings for you this year now you're thinking the oh, like, oh my god look how much we overpaid to get to milan but they they had a, a plan in place shirelli did in the management team they wanted to get bigger and stronger and be able to play against the teams in the the western conference unfortunately for for the oilers the league has gotten gone the other way it's gone faster yep. and now the oilers have to reboot here in the off season and it's not going to be easy but if it's peter shirelli peter shirelli's got to go out and find a way to make this team faster and find players that are cheaper that can come in and do the job because there's not a windfall of money that's going to be available to go out and get the players. All right, last call of the night's going to go to Jared. Hey, Jared, go ahead. I just have a quick uh, comment and a question, but this goes back to the trade deadline. And I think Peter Shirelli may be the only general manager in NHL that shows like explicit contempt for the NHL draft. He doesn't want draft picks. He wants guys that are sort of ready to play. And then if, when, if these draft picks he did get in the trade, at the deadline, he's going to trade them away. So now three years has gone by, and their color guy was on from the Bakersville Condors on one of the radio stations. He said that, and he wasn't talking about bringing players up to the Oilers. He was just saying there's no skill on that farm team on forward. And this is three years. So for in Peter Shirelli's mind is, he just trades for players. He has no interest in developing players in the minors. 
he just thinks, well, the players are just going to somehow, uh, someone else will develop them, and he's going to trade for them. And if the Oilers, if this regime they have now is a bust, it's going to be because Peter Shirelli has no interest in drafting and developing yeah, players. Yeah, so Jared, I, I don't agree with you at all. Uh, in 2016, they had they had two third, they had three third rounders. Didn't have a fourth. Had two fifths. And then you know this year in in 2017, I mean they got Yamamoto, they got uh, Safin as a forward, they got Maximoff as a forward. I, for this year, he said if he acquires picks, he would try to trade them for current players. So, th- but I, I don't think that's been his overall approach, though. And the players in the minors that are here right now are not Shirelli's picks. Shirelli's picks wouldn't be at the minor league level because they would be still junior age players. So I think starting next year, I think some of his players will start coming in into the minor league system. I think what he's saying is he wants ready-made players now because of the team that they have up here. He he doesn't want to be a team that's rebuilding. Now, I understand what you're saying, that you need to draft and develop. And... The trade the, the Oilers will still draft and develop players, but if they can get someone that can step in and play at this level right now, he'll make a trade for it. Yeah, and that's why he got extra picks. So maybe he's thinking, I trade those, I still have seven uh, seven picks. That's what that's how I understood it anyway, Jared. Still got you, buddy. He's gone to bed. He's gone to bed because it's like really really late right it's now. It's twenty to one. I can't believe it. an eight thirty game. It was silly. Is it NBC that had the? The rights It'll to be the... earlier on Monday. That's tomorrow. Is it? 5.30 face-off show game at 7. Oilers take on the Arizona Coyotes. Oilers have lost three straight. Rangers take this one 3-2. 17 games left, Rob. We'll see how they go. Well, the the next one starts with Arizona. Arizona has a hard-working hockey club. They won a low-scoring game tonight. They have outworked the Oilers here on home ice already earlier this season. The Oilers can't allow that to happen again. All right, thanks to Troy Bowler. He's our engineer here at Rogers Place. Patrick Bauer is our studio producer back at 630 Chet. You can always get more on 630Chet.com. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. New York Rangers 3, Edmonton Oilers 2. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great Sunday.